Welcome to Shoot the Breeze, a series on a podcast that celebrates the messiness of life, relationships, and Christianity, featuring my wife Lacey and myself, Nathan. It's creatively titled because it will be just us shooting the breeze, uh, sometimes with guests, while occasionally saying something important. We hope you enjoy. Hello, and welcome to Shoot the Breeze. My name is Nathan, and I'm with my guest, Daniel Deemer. It looks like you had to look at your computer to remember my name. Deemer. <laughs> Deemer. Deemer. Yeah, don't don't be like the pastor that married me in Holly and said my last name wrong. Well, what did so, he say? Deemer. Deemer. <laughs> he also called Holly Heidi. <laughs> D- Heidi? <laughs> One time, and then he caught himself. That's hilarious. It was, it, our wedding was hilarious. I- <laughs> I just did a wedding and 100% um, mispronounced the names. Actually, no, I got the... You can do weddings? No, yeah. yeah. Wow. I got the um, groomsman, his name completely wrong. I knew it before the ceremony. Yeah. In the middle of the ceremony, my brain glitched. I, I think it makes it more funny. It's, yeah, oh, yeah. I don't know. It, it was, well, it was an awesome wedding. It ne- was fantastic. Yeah, neither of us yeah. were... I don't know nothing bad against people who want everything to go perfect, but I think when things go wrong, it it, it just it made it more fun. Oh, it's you know? way more it was, fun. It yeah. was... And it, it's, it, it makes it memorable. Yeah. It, rather than just like a standard... Exactly. Yeah, like yeah. I remember that yeah. moment where, where if you would have pronounced my name correctly, you know, I wouldn't have remembered that hardly anything. Exactly. <laughs> okay, Daniel, um, tell me a little bit about yourself. Married. Uh, what, what do you do for a living? Yeah, still married. Um, <laughs> Still. Well, I mean, I, like, I already a... referenced our wedding and okay. my wife. So I was going to say, like, is that you, like you a question? Probably, you could probably infer that I was married. <laughs> so, yeah, I was just kind of. Okay, so you're still married. Yes. That's good. <laughs> There's no question in that. <laughs> yes, got married on, oh boy, let's uh, gloss over uh, that because I don't remember the day we got married. How um, many years? It, don't ask me that either. Are you kidding me? Uh, it was um, December 17th, 2008. Okay. I So math is how many years we've been married. You, I'll let you do that. 2008? Anyway, what? Y- yes. So what would that be? I don't 10, know. Math. Eight, that'd be 18, <laughs> 21, so that'd be 10, 13 years. Yeah. 14. Sounds, right? 13? Sounds, sounds good, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah, uh, I, I mean, I guess how far back do you want me to go about? No, myself? just tell me, like, like, okay, so what do, we, what do you do? What do I do right now? Yeah, what do you do right now? I like for a job to make money, Car- yes. pay the bills. What's your career? Okay, just clarifying whether or not we're talking about hobbies or. So my career <laughs> is, I operate a small portion of the power grid, um, in Texas. Okay. The, the control rooms in Austin that I work out of, that I have to drive to, about every other week, which is. Not fun. But, yeah, so that's what I do for a job. So all the issues that we have in Texas with no. power is <laughs> your fault uh, exclusively. Pastor, Pastor Scott likes to make – yes, he, he likes to assume that, but no. Okay. Oh, okay. We, we – our company – so one of the best spots in the land, uh, on land, uh, as opposed to offshore generation. Okay. Uh, one of the best spots – on land in the state of Texas for wind generation is up in Amarillo. Okay. But that's actually part of a different power grid. Uh, it's ERCOT is its own power grid, right? right? And so for Texas to be able to 
get the wind energy produced in Texas, we had to build really, really long transmission lines from the Amarillo region down to, it was about 300, 400 miles of, of length right. uh, down to connect to the rest of the grid. So I operate, uh, I work for one of the companies that operate those transmission lines to, to kind of connect right. the, the wind generation to the rest of the grid in Texas. Well, there's been some issue with like ERCOT and all that with Texas and all of that fun excitement. There's, there's uh I don't know. There, all I'll say is, ninety-nine percent of people had never even heard of ERCOT, and yeah. then a week later, they're subject matter experts with everything that ERCOT does and the way that it should be oh, yeah, ran. Yeah. And yeah. yeah, so it's uh, it was it was a lot of different issues. Um, yes. Yeah. As there, as there we'll, just, all... we'll just leave it there. I could probably talk the rest of this no, no, no. podcast about let's not ple- power let's, generation. Can we and... please not talk about power generation? Well, for the electricity is pretty amazing. <laughs> I mean, I don't. That's that's how I, that's how I got my start. Uh, you know, in the Navy, being a nuclear operator, you first had to learn a specific. So, like my specific field was electrical. So okay. I learned everything electrical to do with the nuclear reactor. Okay. So then I operated the nuclear reactor on a submarine. But I also operated, like, the, the turbine generators, for example. We worked on those and we operated those. So, like, kind of we operated the little miniature power grid with inside that submarine. And then also whenever the forward people. Uh, forward people? Well, like on the I was, was going to use a derogatory term. No, the, no. <laughs> no. <laughs> we, we had a specific name for them that almost came back out of habit. But oh, okay. they're... I, they're generally I'm trying not to discriminate. No, no, no. They're, like, they're generally not the smartest people, are you and so they about break the... a lot of things, and almost everything's electrical. And so, since electricians, even though we operate the reactor in the back half of the submarine, right. we're responsible for fixing everything. Oh, okay. Uh, okay. Up front. So, like one, one example was when we um, were we we surfaced. In the yeah. middle of the ocean, kind of off the coast. Well, not in the middle of the ocean. I'm sorry. It was off the coast of, like, uh, Puerto Rico. Okay. And it was close enough to get cell phone signal. And so they were really, really excited to uh, go topside and call their girlfriends and stuff. <laughs> so they opened up the topside hatch a little bit too fast, and it flooded the leftover water that was in that hatch before it had a chance to drain. Right, right. Uh, and it trickled down a whole bunch of electrical panels. And so instead of us getting to go swimming topside, all the electricians were you know, trying to isolate to figure out what the source of grounds were. And, oh, you know, so we wouldn't burn up the submarine. So it's so how long like, were th- you... that's an example of some of the fun stuff we had to oh, yeah. fix. How long were you in the Navy? Six years. Okay. Would you go in? Was it before you got married or was it uh, married Yes. So 2000, Right after high school, 2003, okay. I joined the Navy, and okay. I got out in 2009. So I married Holly in 2008. Um, the final year in the Navy was actually at Dry Dock in Portsmouth Naval Shipyard. That was a... Uh, Where's that at? Portsmouth. No, no, no. Where, I know about, <laughs> New, like... New Hampshire. New Hampshire. Okay, okay. Yeah. Well, I guess there's more than one Portsmouth, to be fair. Okay. Yeah, I was like, yes. isn't San Diego a major port? Isn't... San Diego, yeah. So the sub bases are San Diego... There's one in uh, Bremerton, I think, Washington, okay. and then there's one in Georgia, and then there's okay. one in Connecticut. Okay. So my home port was out of Connecticut. We had a dry dock up in Portsmouth. That's okay. not where subs operate out of. That's just the, one of the dry docks. Okay. What was your longest uh, time on a sub, like under underwater? Um, we did six-month deployments, and then 
the longest time underwater is typically about two to three months. That's limited by food. We run out of food. That we oh, have okay. To, we have to go to port to, to get more food. So, uh, so have we, you ever... we generate our own oxygen, water, okay. stuff, you know, everything. Have you ever done, um, you like you said, you go back to port, but is there something where you could go, like, basically surface and restock off of a off of a like a, a supply boat, um, anything yeah, like that? Yeah, so they used to have, uh, they, they kind of got rid of that. Um, okay. They used to have sub submarine tenders that okay. would, um, they had the ability to meet submarines in, you know, in the middle of, on their duty station or whatever. Okay. But they typically, I mean, if you're thinking about the logistics of that, they typically don't do that because that kind of, you know, the, the, the stuff it, has it to travel away far the, Right. It would give away right. the position. Exactly. Essentially. Yeah. 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 So. No, that, it makes, I was, but I was wondering, like, instead of going all the way back to port, if, like, you could go halfway back, meet a, yeah. meet a, a supply boat, and then. I, I think in out. general they don't do that because people would probably get crazy if they, <laughs> if they have to stay continuously out to sea. Oh, um, that's true. Yeah. So the, the, the port calls really kind of. <laughs> they not only are kind of required for the food restock, but it's also but it's, mental. Yeah, it's kind of a mental, a mental break. As <laughs> Did well, you ever so. see anyone like break? On the not. Side? I don't think. Well, it's hard to tell. Not legitimately. Um, there was a lot of attrition. Guys would go out like on one underway, and yeah. then they would be like, uh, "I want to kill myself." And yeah. most of the time, there was just guys wanting off the sub, and because the navy. You know, the Navy's not going to sit there and call your bluff. It's like, you're joking. Right. <laughs> right. Um, so it's it, it was something that I knew most of the guys that did this. You know, okay. you could see them. It, like, I'm, I'm not trying to joke about suicide or anything. But no, the, the guys that were claiming this were everyone that I saw in particular on, on our submarine. They they just wanted off the submarine. They, yeah. they, and that's fair. I mean, if you can't handle it, you can't handle it. Yeah. Anymore. Yeah. I, I mean, I guess some of it was maybe confined space thing, but sure. most of them it yeah. just seemed like they didn't want to work, and okay. uh, which was actually good because on a submarine you there's there's a lot less bodies, and so everybody has to pull their own weight. And if you lose a guy or there's a guy that's not pulling their weight, everybody has to step yeah. up and do a lot yeah. more work. Well, and and so, it's not only are they not pulling their weight, but they're also taking food, taking supplies, exactly. all that. And it's yeah. like, well, no, we can. Do the same amount of work with less people, which would actually give us more supplies and more. Yeah. So yeah. So it was that actually kind of a good thing when yeah. when they left. Yeah. But um, most guys just kind of didn't didn't really want to want to do the work. So. Right. Right. Okay. It's, I mean, to be fair, it's not for everybody. So some of those guys, you sure. Know, yeah. I, I'm sure actually couldn't do it. So. And, and that's I mean fair. I'm guessing they found a better place, a better yeah. fit somewhere yeah. else in the Navy. Um, okay. What's your favorite way to uh, waste time? My, my wife says I have too many hobbies. That's a <laughs> that's kind of a loaded you just, question. You just got a new I, tractor, so well, now it's like playing with the yeah, tractor. Yeah, so <laughs> well, this is my problem, right? Like, so uh, this week it's playing with the tractor, yeah. and the week before it's computer games, and the week before it's you know might have been Warhammer 40k uh, miniatures painting, Ooh. you know, and fighting with uh, w- with with other friends. And See, that sounds. Then fun. the week before it was you know might be board games, and then the week before it might be woodworking, and then the week before it might have been. I don't know. Well, and your I was going to say your schedule All of the above. Right. Your schedule lends itself like like you said you work for the power grid in in Austin um and you have a week on and a week off, right? Right. Yeah, so uh, 
My schedule's kind of hard to explain, but basically it's a every six weeks I have two full weeks off okay. built, built into the schedule. Okay. So um, also within those six weeks, I have two weeks where I work 84 hours and seven days. Okay. So it's kind of, it's not quite on off, but it's, it's somewhat closer. There's like sure. a couple training weeks mixed in and um, you know, like a, a normal day shift kind of just go help extra. So it's standard right. like 40 hour work week, but right. yeah, it's, it's, it, it lends to some really good uh, hobby time. So that's, okay. that's kind of, that's kind of what I'm looking forward to. Yeah. But, but yeah, the, the tractor is now um, my, my favorite hobby and it's, I don't know, ever since moving out here and, and getting that, that acreage, it's a lot of fun. I find myself wanting to, to, to pursue, I guess, hobbies. My old hobbies became less desirable. It's a better yeah. way to say that yeah. because I enjoy working hard, you know, because it's almost like a workout. Well, I mean, you've, you've been out there before. Oh, it's yeah. like yeah. it's an endorphin rush and you yeah. also make progress cutting down trees and clearing land. And, yeah. you know, so you, so you get a. Well, and aren't you, isn't your job. Uh, you're behind a desk most of the time. Yeah. Right? And so probably exactly. when you're on your weeks off, you're like, all right, I'm right. I need to get out of here. I need to do stuff. And exactly. Yeah. 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 That's exactly right. Yeah. No, I get that. I totally get that. That's like a lot of what I do is create resources, you know, yeah. and publish them online. So I'm in front of my computer the majority of the day. So anytime I can have yeah, a it's meeting, like freedom! I know anytime I can have a, <laughs> a, a meeting or go help you on yeah. your land, like I, I love that stuff. Cause I'm working with my hands. I, yeah. Oftentimes I'll go home and just go into my wo- uh, wood shop and build random stuff. Yeah, I love it. Yeah. Um. Uh. Okay. If you had to pick in conflict, okay, are you a f- fight, flight, or freeze type of a person? Uh. What do you mean? Like in conflict, if if either you and your wife, whatever, you and a friend. Are having a conflict? Are you a fight? Like, oh, I'm going to stand my ground. Are you a? <coughs> are you a flight? Like, oh, I'm going to withdraw and I, like I think walk it, away. Or I are think you... it really depends on the the situation okay. because it. I mean, on a summary, we were we were all trained firefighters, and so we okay. were trained to run towards a fire. Also, like there was no escaping a fire. Oh, you yeah. know, it's like. Um, to put it in perspective, uh, a garbage can sized fire would cover the entire engine room upper level in smoke within a minute and like that's half of a 300 foot long submarine wow so it's like fires are really really also the heat doesn't escape right it's like fires are really dangerous on a submarine so with that and also my current job it's kind of trained into me when uh stuff happens or like another example we were in the car and uh hail started happening and cracked through our windshield and bringing like holly was pretty scared and panicking but i was fairly calm and mm-hmm. so it's like through situations like that i'm uh i i well i guess calm slash fighting controlled right, right. um I'm, I'm normally pretty good with those situations just just kind of because of the military training sure. but when my wife and i fight for example and this is why it, it, i said it depends when we <laughs> fight i originally kind of just want to like fight back yeah but then I want to stay angry, like, because she's ready to resolve relatively quick normally. Right. But I want to stay angry. Like, I want to go sulk. <laughs> I want to, so I'll I'll typically try to run away right. and just stay mad in my room. Like, I'm just going to play computer games and not listen to her, you know? And so <laughs> this is where, like, I don't know, God really made us for each other because okay. she will come and 
sometimes she'll just slap me as like, you come, we're going to go work this out. You know, like she will not let me uh, kind of run away and, you know, cr- crawl into my shell and, and be depressed. And she'll she'll kind of steer me back towards, you know, reconciliation. Right, so right. it's uh, it, it kind of depends on the situation, I, I guess I'd say. OK. OK. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. And finally, uh, what would you say? This is just intro questions, okay? Mm-hmm. What would you say makes you feel most loved or cared for? Are you a quality time person, like words of affirmation, physical touch, gifts, <laughs> or service? Well, so like we read the five primary love languages. Oh yeah, book. yeah. That's that's yeah. kind of where you're getting those from, yeah. I think, right? Uh, we we did that before we were married. Okay. And mine was definitely physical touch. Okay. But after we got married, I found out that I think. I was just kind of a young guy and not really knew what I wanted. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> so sure. it's totally not physical touch now. Okay. I mean, um, so you don't like it when I hug you? <laughs> I mean, with, with friends? No, it's like, I don't know. I, I think it's still up there sure. on my on my love languages because I, I love giving guys hugs. You know, I love kind of punching guys and yeah. giving them a hard yeah. time and, um, you, you and you I know, have wrestling this... around. But, but like, Sorry, you could. No, no, I was going to say, you and, I, you and I have this thing where, like, we'll kind of hold on to each other as long as, like, make right. the other person try to right. feel the most awkward. Yeah. Well, it's, it's kind of like uh, the, the game we used to play in the, in no, the Navy. No. We, we won't talk about no. that, though. But, We're uh, not going to talk about the games you played on the sub. But, but uh, you, you had to do some stuff to, to keep you sane. So I'll just, I'll just leave it there. But, okay, so um, now, like, would you, say it's, would you say it's a service? Would you say it's gifts? I, like, I think it's more service like it means a lot to me when holly makes me dinner or or brings me food it's like that means a lot yeah i I still like the hugs and stuff but honestly that doesn't really that doesn't really matter as much right anymore it's it's i I want food made for me right (laughs) so food is your well a lot because i hate it but also because it's just i don't know like time is a is a pretty important thing to me and so when others take their time to do something for me it yeah. really means a lot so okay. i i think i think that's a that's a big one for me. probably service then right uh like, do, like service yeah. Yeah, yeah 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 acts of service yeah okay I, I guess that that'd be the most so okay parallel being, there so working on a sub i mean you said you you're you have a lot of electrical electrician knowledge but working on a sub nuclear sub mm-hmm. and then now you're you're in the energy and and, and energy business mm-hmm. You like, I, I, there's no way to get around like saying this without no, making it, it sound like just, I'm being facetious, fine. but I'm not. But like, you have to be a fairly smart person. I mean, you like, with regard to science, with regard to just how your brain func- like processes information, I, I imagine, and you and I have had talks about this, how you're very analytical, very um, like. A plus B is C, mm-hmm. and like just you know, concrete. I think yeah. is maybe the better term. So, what are some things you know? As and you and I have had conversations about this, but like being very analytical, you know, when you become a Christian, there are elements of the the a Christian life, you know, mm-hmm. being led by the Spirit that don't lend themselves to being analytical. Not that our not that we like have fairy tales that right. we believe in but there are elements of of our walk where it's like I don't know how this is going to work out how have you dealt with like, like what are some things that you've learned in your in your walk with the holy spirit 
that have challenged you and what maybe what are some of the most challenging things that well, you've this, dealt with? This, uh, I guess it's good that you kind of started with the, the, the background questions because it, <laughs> this, this relates directly to my, my Navy experience where, you know, I, I was a young kid just out of high school in the Navy and they taught you, the, the submarine force is a little bit different than the rest of the military where they teach everyone to question everything. Okay. And if, you know, so it's not like uh, the officer tells you to do an order, you follow it. It's the officer tells you an order, and if you know that's going to harm the reactor, you say no, like I'm going to do this instead. And, you know, if you're nice about it, you kind of – never mind. I, I'll just <laughs> I – I won't go into some – anyway. Okay. So you um, – they, they tell you to question everything because they didn't want one guy to kill, you know – uh, you know, multi-billion-dollar asset and several several hundred guys, right? And right. so, um, be, also, it's kind of the direct opposite. We learned a lot of mistakes from the Russian Navy, the Russian nuclear uh, Navy. Like, so we studied Chernobyl and Three okay. Mile Island and all yeah. all of the historical nuclear accidents. Like, uh, the reason the Army can't play with nuclear physics anymore is because one of them got impaled with a control rod stuck up on the ceiling because they were on top of the reactor core trying to pull a stuck control rod uh, out of its position where it was stuck, and it it moved like this much, but like three inches. Yeah, but because of nuclear physics, they only had like three rods in there, so each rod has that much more positive reactivity that it adds to the core with an inch, yeah. as opposed to like our nuclear cores had 22 rods, right? So okay. you move one of them three inches, and it's a lot less reactive. Okay. Um, but anyway, yeah, he got impaled on the ceiling, and so they weren't allowed to play with nuclear power anymore. Okay. Thank you so much for listening to our podcast. This is one of the many resources we make available for free at our website, cultivaterelationships.com. Our resources have helped people grow in their relationship with God and others. Uh, we've seen people set free from uncontrollable anger and paralyzing fear. We've witnessed estranged family members be reunited after working through our freedom booklet. We've helped people build healthy relationship and coping habits through our coaching videos. And all of these resources are made available for free because of the generous support of people like you. If you would like to become a partner, please visit cultivaterelationships.com support. Now, I hope you enjoy the rest of this episode. We're taught like the Russians had uh, a bunch of trained monkeys, you know, you pull this lever, you get a banana. Like they didn't really understand why they did things. They had one okay. really trained officer that understood everything. Uh, and then but everybody he would just else communicate. Just, yeah, do this. exactly. Everybody else just knew, okay, so if the temperature goes to here, I need to do this to lower the temperature. You know, they didn't really understand why they were doing it. Right. So when they started having casualties or problems, like they didn't really know what to do if there wasn't a procedure for it. And the Navy trained the exact opposite where they taught you to analyze everything so they taught us down to the basics nuclear physics you know here's an electron here's a pro proton here's how um diodes are made here's how you know you you make a circuit card here's right. how uh, basic electricity works all the way through heat transfer fluid flow thermodynamics um nuclear physics right yeah. and then yeah. all the math that goes goes behind nuclear physics as well so we 
everyone on that submarine that was a nuclear operator understood, okay, so if we lose auxiliary seawater cooling, that means we're going to lose engine freshwater cooling, which means we're going to lose the ability to uh, cool down the turbines and the reduction gears, which means the submarine won't be able to go because right. it could, you know, there's no cooling for the oil. So it's like... Everything overheats. Yeah, you know, exactly. Yeah. Well, so then you get into fires, you get into all these... Yeah, possibly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so... It, it was more of a, an overall training of understanding everything so we could ask the question, uh, hey, you hear this weird noise, that doesn't sound right. Like, you know, have a questioning attitude, so start okay. questioning everything. And um, kind of the, uh, the other operators on the submarine, they found out that I was a Christian. And, um, <laughs> you know, they, they were like, Deemer, like, you, you understand nuclear physics, but you still believe in God. Like... Like you're an idiot, <laughs> you know. I mean, it's like, and this is this is kind of the problem. In the the more uh, engineering related, scientific, you know, doctors, the the more you get down those those fields, surrounded by other people, it's like there's no need for God. Uh, science can explain everything, and so yeah. uh, why are you a Christian? You know, there's no need for God, and mm-hmm. so that that's kind of the general uh, mentality with with most people out there, and. Um, it, it kind of started me as like, you know, questioning is like, well, you know what, you know, I'd, I'd accepted Jesus in my heart at five. Uh, so, you know, I grew up in the church. I, I was a Christian, but so I, I, I knew kind of, okay, like this is right. This is true. It like, I know I'm a Christian. I know Jesus sure. is right. Like, I, you yeah. know, you feel the Holy Spirit, but uh, that was my heart and my soul. Like my mind is like, this doesn't make any sense. Like why, you know? is any of this true? Is any of this true? What is, what is truth? You know? So yeah. I kind of started on a, on a truth knowledge quest at that point and, um, started reading a lot of books and started just, you know, thinking about things. I remember like the, the first thing I thought about was, you know, what's, what's the difference between Christianity and, and basically any other religion? Okay. Oh, are you asking me? Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, in terms of the simplicity of that, I would say, Christianity, or or even in the in a in a sense Judaism, but more so in Christianity, everything else is pointing to I have to try to achieve relationship with God. Mm-hmm. Whereas Judaism, or I'd say Christianity as the fulfillment of it, is God has done everything to achieve relationship with us in terms of it, He's the catalyst of it all. We are simply responding out of that, right? Is that a fair? Yeah. Yeah, that's, I don't know that's, what your no, answer is. No, that's 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 what I was I was kind of curious <clears throat> yeah. what others thought of this topic too because <laughs> one of the things that I'd never really thought about was you know you always hear well at least I always heard that the the, the New Testament writers were just a bunch of idiots that wanted power that uh, came up with a religion you know, they created it all themselves so that they could have power and, you know, some prestige. And I was going to say, it, they're the, like the least <laughs> powerful people. I know, like. I know. But on, on the surface, like if, if you, if you weren't like, obviously they didn't really read their Bible or study. Let me, let me, let me show you ancient. how much power you have. Right. We're going to throw you in a Colosseum with a bunch of wild animals. Right. Feel powerful. Right. And that's, that's one of the arguments I'll get to, but, but <laughs> one of the, you know, that that's kind of like what idiot would create a religion 
that goes against every, you know, like the entire world is basically works based, right? right it's like right, grow yeah. up, work hard, get a good job, get some skills, and make more money. And yeah, well, and it, even you know, you and, and, look and at, you see that with religions too, is, yeah, is, what, even, is what you mentioned, right? And you look at even the almost sometimes I would say the default of Christianity is believing I have to work right to to achieve this. Yeah, there's, right? To your point, there's a lot of Christians that believe that that's how you get to heaven. Yeah, it's, it's, and, it's work-based. Exactly. And I think that's where, you, you know, so we're pushing up against a both a worldview or a world culture mm-hmm. of you are the one that makes the effort, right? And it's even, you know, you <laughs> growing up, what's the big thing is your parents want to teach you how to work hard, work good, you know, mm-hmm. all of these things culturally, which are not technically wrong, right? I right. mean, you don't want to be lazy. You don't want to mooch off the government. But well, it's <laughs> that's let's, <laughs> let's not get political. That's the most political I'm going to get, okay? No, but it's like it, it's it's even like our culture is wired toward. I agree. Most parents should teach their kids that. Sorry. Yeah. Oh, I Go agree. Ahead. Go ahead. Most should. Okay. Anyways, no, but like, right? I mean, that's what legalism is. Yeah. That's why you get into these denominations that, while they speak about faith, yeah. they're also immediately quick to follow up with. But if your lifestyle doesn't prove it, then. Right, right. and that's that's kind of that's kind of the, the the first. That was the point of that. Is like. That was kind of the first thing that kind of just like, wait a minute, like something doesn't really add up here because if someone was creating Christianity, mm-hmm. how how do they even get the idea to make it something faith based? Like they would make it works based, just like all the all of the other religions. <laughs> Literally I mean, all of the other religions. Yeah, so it, it, it's kind of like, what kind of idiots would create this religion? Like, if, right? <laughs> right. Just like that. That really didn't add up. And so I started. I started going uh, further into it and. I came across a, a book um, by a guy named Frank Turek, okay. um, and I think Norman Geisler also co-edited this one. But Frank Turek's gone on to uh, edit some other or okay. write some other books. And but anyway, it's, it was called "I Don't Have Enough Faith to Be an Atheist." And okay. the entire premise is um, it, it really, really clicked with me because of all the science. You know, like we learned the second law of thermodynamics in in uh, in the Navy, right? For the new, I mean. Nuclear power has right, to right. Yeah. <laughs> have entropy. Yeah. Um, so the uh, basically all of science paints a, a picture of the Big Bang Theory. Right. And it's just amazing when you look at the evidence. It's, um, I guess, how technical do you want me to get? Because I can, no, I, do you want I, me to explain the second So here's law? the thing is, I love this. Okay. So okay. I want I want you to go full into okay. it. Okay. So. Yeah. And we'll just, anyone who's who's <laughs> doesn't like science. You I, can... I guess you can skip maybe the five, next five minutes. But yeah, this <laughs> is kind of, this is kind of explaining why. But this is the foundation. This is foundational, right? right? I mean, post, here's the thing is post, uh, I would say Adam and Eve and what God does as a as a consequence to their re- actions. Right. This is where we have scientific laws, mm-hmm. right? Law of thermodynamics, law of entropy, law of things are breaking down, right? But all right, and I, and it. and I'm not even getting into the I think they call it the metaphysical. Right. For example, why does gravity work the way that it does every single time? Why does it work the way that it does on Earth? You know, like there's a gravitational constant. I forget the equation, but it's mm-hmm. based on roughly the mass. Well, not roughly. It is based on the mass of the the planet. Right. Uh, or sorry, the mass of the two objects that are interacting with each other. Right. And so why is that a constant 
here on Earth as as it is, you know, on any other orbital body right. in the entire universe. It's 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 the same. Uh, they, I think they call it the big G in the equation. It's like, why is that a constant everywhere in the entire universe? Why does it work every single time? You know, there's mm-hmm. there's there's truths out there that we cannot explain with science because you use those truths to do science. Right. Like it'd be arguing right. in a circle to try to prove. It's like, it's like you cannot use science to prove math because you have to use math to do science. <laughs> right. So it's right. you know math presupposes. Yeah. Uh, anyway. The so the second law of thermodynamics, uh, basically everything goes towards disorder, right? right. Everything. Uh, so so if you have a uh, a cup of hot steaming uh, liquid like coffee that I just emptied, yep. um, and uh, a cup of ice cold water, and you put it in a cooler, which I have, yep. right? So like if the cooler is the closed system, um, then eventually. With no heat transfer outside of that closed system, right. eventually what's going to happen to those? They're going to become baseline. Exactly. Yeah. They're going to become exactly the same temperature. Right. And so that's basically the second law of thermodynamics. Within a closed system, you will have uh, things always basically equalize, you yeah. know, proceed. They, they call it entropy. The entropy goes, oh boy, I don't want to get it wrong. The entropy goes down, I believe. Yeah. Because uh, up is, wait, maybe the entropy goes up. I can't remember <laughs> which way entropy goes. I think it's... But everything levels out. I, yeah. yeah everything I, I can't, levels yeah. out. Yeah. One of the yeah. ways entropy either increases or decreases based on disorder. So I yeah. forget whether that number is increasing or decreasing. But yeah, yeah anyway, it, it's, I've been out of the Navy a while. Yeah. <laughs> so, but anyway, everything in, a steady, in, everything in a closed system will eventually reach steady state. Yeah. And if everything is the same temperature, you can't do any work. There's no life, et cetera. So right. if you imagine the entire universe as that closed system, what is eventually going to happen to the universe? It's, I mean, every, it, planets will spin down, uh, you know, suns and stars will burn out. Exactly. All of that's going to happen. Yep. So if, if you if you paint the entire universe in a box, it'll yeah. eventually become equal temperature and there's not going right. to be any work able to do All life is going to cease to exist. The universe is going to stop yeah. expanding. Exactly. All, all of this. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So um, a lot of scientists like Albert Einstein already knew this, right? And so... Well, and I would say even historically, a lot of... It's interesting to look at a lot of the scientists through history mm-hmm. who dispro- who disproved global science, right? What the world was right. saying were Christians, were people who studied everything, believing there was an outside entity, right? Well, that's, that's an important point because a lot of times you'll hear in the scientific community that you can't... You can't attribute anything to God because then you'll stop doing science. If you just say, "Oh, it's God," then no, science is over. No, there's like a cause and exactly, effect. exactly. You have to, so it's so, like that's just like a, I don't know. They're just using scapegoats. Well, to it try goes to back have. to your. It goes back to your point of uh, I, what was it? The book that where I have, what is it? I, I lack the faith to be an. I don't atheist. have enough faith. To be yeah, an exactly. Yeah. That's the thing is, there's far more questions in my mind of how things began if there was no right right and I, i'm getting there you, but, oh, sorry. but yeah. the yeah. but but the point is all of this science it widens the gap for atheism and it closes the gaps for christianity uh so so just continuing on uh if if people know that 
that second law of thermodynamics exists, then obviously we cannot have had an eternal universe. At some point, it had to start because if it started forever ago, the universe would have already been extinguished and equalized right. At, right. At, at thermal equilibrium. So people knew that there had to be a beginning. And so some people like Albert Einstein thought, okay, okay well, maybe time was stopped so the universe wasn't really equalizing, you know, it wasn't really uh, having that entropy effect happen, uh, but it began forever ago. It's just like time didn't, you know, advance. And so, like, there was there was theories out there to... Well, was that his basis for essentially developing the theory of relativity? That was actually what the... Yeah. yeah. So the general theory of relativity states that time, space, and matter all have to coexist. Right. And so... He, he didn't want that to be true because he wanted there to be like an out, like yeah. where like, oh, this didn't have to happen. It could have existed forever ago, you know, and uh, it, it just it didn't really need a beginning because mm-hmm. it was just there. Just time didn't advance. Like, well, no, he proved that time, space and matter right. all have to coexist. So basically what those two theories claim, if you put them together in, in context of the entire universe, at some point in time, there had to be an absolute beginning. Mm-hmm of time space and matter and they all had to happen at the exact same time so because you can't have one without the other exactly yep. and so if you think about what this what picture this paints this means that at some point there had to be you, you talked about cause and effect you mentioned that right mm-hmm. so everything that has an effect has a cause everything that has a beginning has a beginner right so if the universe had a beginning in time space and matter that means the cause had to be outside of time right outside of space outside of matter it also if you think go a little bit further it also had to be purpose driven because why else would there be be a cause like right you know if, if it wasn't purpose driven there would never be a we wouldn't be here because there, well, there, wouldn't, be there no, wouldn't be a, there there wouldn't be no, be a purpose. N- no motivation exactly. for it to begin. Exactly. Right. So this cause also had to be really powerful because right. if you imagine uh, how do you create something out of absolute nothing? Like Aristotle defined nothing as what rocks dream about. <laughs> like just, just think about that. Like what, you know, some, some, uh, some physicists try to explain, oh, well, uh, the universe. Uh, there's this theory of uh, of of quarks, and um, th- Qu- there's these there's these on. quantum quarks? bubbles. There's these quantum bubbles that uh, th- that exist, and the quantum bubble is an actual place where there is time. There's no time, space, and matter. So this is how the universe could have started, where you have all these quantum bubbles and like particles pop into and out of existence, because that's been proved in a quantum bubble. Which, but quarks. Studying quarks is the most mind-bending but not to, not to get sidetracked what's the problem with the quantum bubble <clears throat> it's still it's is, something it's something <laughs> right it's, it's still not within. nothing so by yeah. definition so and this is the problem with all these scientists they, they try to <laughs> like okay well they're it's like they rule out god before uh, they're not doing science like you no. think about a th- scientific hypothesis right it's could this cause this let's do an experiment and see if it's true yeah. but the problem is they rule god out of the equation before they even do their science so then well, they're they... almost proving they they set out the scientific method fiac right problem hypothesis experiment observation conclusion they set out with their conclusion of there is no god right so we have to 
Okay, we're going to look at this problem in our hypothesis, and we're going to create experiments to prove our hypothesis that there is no God. And then they do these experiments, they observe, and it's it's like it, it, it gets down to worldviews. It, it, it has to get down to the baseline of worldviews as you know what I'm, I'm going to lump in um, agnostics or someone who believes in an, an, an outside entity. OK, mm -hmm. um, and this is what uh, um, is it intelligent design, right? Not everyone who is an intelligent design advocate is a Christian. They just believe and accept that there is a, th a another party outside of our system who's speaking into our system, right? And so that's the hard part with atheists, someone who believes there is nothing outside of our natural system, uh, that they're going into the conclusion already with it set, and now they just have right. to back up experiments to prove it. Yeah, and so that's why they try to come up with those different... Well, and it's even like so like the the dumbest thing to me, like taking taking Earth and evolution and humanity, you know, so there's these uh, theories out there. Well, we can't have a designer um, or or they're like, no, we have to have a designer because humanity, you know, we already see some things designed. So we have to have a designer instead of that being that designer being God. Let's have it be aliens. Well, who designed the aliens? Yeah, like you so you're you're talking about yeah, so you're up. talking about panspermia, yeah. which is actually one of we we haven't gotten the DNA. Um, this is just the the ultimate start of a universe, which to be fair does not prove that it's the Christian God. It just proves that there is something. If it was not like here's the here's the issue. We know it cannot have been a natural cause, right? So it has to be supernatural. Right. It's like that's your science <laughs> proved that it has to be supernatural, right? right. That's a fact. That's, so that's what I'm so, saying. So, is, so here's the problem with atheists: yeah. they have 100% blind faith yeah. that somehow something natural yeah. caused a start to the universe. But based on just briefly what we talked about, there it's impossible. Right. It's like right. You give them all the time in the universe, and they'll never find a natural well, cause for the beginning of the universe. But that's right. one of the that's one of the arguments they use. Just give us more time. Yeah. And we'll and we'll eventually discover a natural cause according for the universe. According to your time, but, but it can't be. <laughs> according to your time, you've had billions of years. Right. Um. No. Here's the here's the crux, though. Again, getting back to worldview, is and I was in our last uh, podcast we were talking about. Um, spiritual abuse mm -hmm. and, and the effects that it has on a person. Um, and in my research, I brought up the fact that in my research, all major, uh, th all major, you know, proponents of atheism, there is no God. Um, biographies that I've read have all been people who've experienced spiritual abuse as a child. Well, um, I so think you take Richard Dawkins. Yeah, take, I think you're you know, hitting the nail on the head yeah. there because if you look at a lot of these, and you know, like Christopher Hitch, uh, Hitchinson. Yep. Yep. Hitchens or Hitchinson. 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 I believe. Yeah. Um, I, I forget. But anyway, yeah. a lot of these, a lot of these prominent. He's he's passed away now, but um, so you use him in the past tense. But a lot of the a lot of the debaters still talk about. It's like it's like they have a problem with God controlling their sex lives. Yeah, you know, and why why is that an issue for whether or not there is a God in the first place? It's like right. it's like they they use that as an argument for like, well, if there is a God, then he shouldn't be he shouldn't care so much about about this. And like, who are you to say what God cares and doesn't care about? Yeah, like, the, like how does that yourself... how does that negate the science? Yeah. like it's like the so so I think 
I think that kind of sums up the issue. A lot of people's their their hearts are just hardened. Yeah. Uh, either from past abuse or spiritual, um, you know, past spiritual problems right. or. But I think they Richard just don't, Dawkins. They just don't want to change. Right, and I think Richard Richard Dawkins was an altar boy. If I'm yeah, I not think mistaken. that's right. Yeah, yeah. Um, and we all know the <laughs> issues. Yeah, we don't need there. to go there. Okay. <laughs> On our, uh, I'm just gonna do a quick. Uh, commercial break. Um, in our bookshelf on our website, we have a section of books dealing with science, and um, I just want to go through a few of them. So there's some fantastic. Is this a commercial break? This is a commercial break for our website. So you're not recording this? No, I am recording this. So this will be on the podcast? Yes. I don't understand. It's okay. It's, <laughs> I'm giving a commercial break for our own resources. <laughs> We're sponsored by ourselves, okay? That's oh, so I should not be talking now. You're no, talking. No, no, no. Okay, no, go ahead. I was just going to say, though, on our website, so some of my favorite uh, authors, Jonathan Wells, um, Jonathan Sarfati, I believe it is. But anyways, Refuting Evolution, Icons of Evolution is a fantastic book dealing with human progression, you know, from essentially ape to man, that argument, uh, which... It's a fantastic uh, book. Dinosaurs by Design. A lot of these are used in homeschool curriculums, but they're they're great. Mm-hmm. Um, but Icons of Evolution is a is a big one. I really appreciate that one. Also, Astronomy in the Bible: Questions and Answers. Anyway, there's a ton of of books refuting evolution. I think I already said that one. Um, <clears throat> ton of books on our on our website that deal with this subject of science and how. You don't have to believe in like unicorns and fairies to to say no. I believe God and their scientific proof dealing with uh, age of the Earth coming from the effects of a global flood. Um, all of these uh, issues can be resolved, but again, it goes back to that worldview. Is my view of science? One where my conclusion is already based in there is nothing outside of nature. Or am I coming into science with the worldview that, no, I believe there is something out of nature and all I am trying to do is discover what mm-hmm. that is. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And that's why if you take the Institute of, um, of Intelligent Design, not everyone who works in that institute is Christian. Uh, I believe they have some Muslims. I believe they mm-hmm. have some Jewish people. They're all coming into it, though. Top grade scientists right. coming into the conversation with degrees, smart people going our only worldview is that there is something outside of nature and so we're willing to put that in the answer box mm-hmm. right we're we're willing to bring that in whereas i think atheists are at a disservice people who believe in evolutionary science um macro evolutionary science that they come in going we're actually not willing to look at answers that deal with a outside party exactly they're the ones actually not doing science Ex- exactly because they're already drawing a conclusion stating this is not an answer so we have to keep looking right um it's yeah. it's kind of the the absurdity of is that a word absurdity yeah <laughs> i'm just making sure um the uh another one is the you, you talked a little bit about dna right there's yeah. there's a fascinating book especially if you are any type of uh medical science major at all um I, I'm pretty technical and can understand and follow most things 
even if I don't have a prior knowledge of them. But this book was, I could follow most of it, but a lot of it was kind of, it, it, I forgot a lot of it. It, it went over <laughs> my head. But it was called uh, Signature in the Cell. I forget the author. But yes. that book is amazing. And I forget the exact, I wish I could have this memorized, but he, uh, there was a scientist who actually went through and calculated the probability of DNA forming by itself. Yeah. And it was something like 10 to the 20,000th power. Yeah. It's just, that's infinity. Like, it's no chance that, no it, that chance, it formed yeah, by itself. Yeah. Statistically, so is, no problem. Right. It's like, there's literally not enough time in the history yeah. of the universe for this to have occurred. And that's yeah. where it's like, okay, well, how can we explain away this infinite uh, unprobability? Like, well, let's just uh, multiverse. So, yeah. uh, with infinite universes, eventually you'll get one that uh, right. that unlikely probability happened. And so, here we are today. Right. We just happen to be – it's like, what – You'd have to be God to know that well, there's a keep, multiverse. Like, how do you even, like, what are you yeah. basing this off of? Like, oh, it's well, the only keep, thing that works. They like, keep we got moving it. the goalposts. <laughs> right. It's like, it's like they'll, they'll carbon date something. Well, then they'll find something within that, that section and be like, oh, that has to be older because it can't exist here. So uh, our carbon dating's wrong. Right. Let's recalibrate. And, and another, yeah. So in another, uh, in that same book, the, the guy talks about all these different scientists that try to um, work, work these odds and mm -hmm. figure out how life began. And, some of them are using like computer algorithms to mm -hmm. like okay so uh we get this protein and this protein so we're going to throw away these old these bad proteins yeah um and we're going to use these other proteins to try to come up and form a cell it's like you're using design yeah. <laughs> in your computer algorithm to throw away like that doesn't yeah. just happen in nature yeah. it's like so so these experiments that that Again, eventually though, try to prove life it's like they were written like they actually have designers in yeah. them. But you're you're already if you have a problem and a hypothesis, and then you manufacture your experiment. You can't manufacture your experiment, right? Exactly. Like exactly what you're saying. Exactly. I'm gonna design my experiment to prove my right. hypothesis. No. Right. And the so that's experiment and is so it, all it goes about, back to it goes back to that. Um, it's why we. It goes back to panspermia, like, right? Because it's like that's, we have double blind systems in terms of experimentation, right. so that we can't manipulate the results. Exactly. So it just it, it kind of goes back to segueing back yeah. to the 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 panspermia theory. Seed, seeds everywhere. Um, that's that's where that comes from because yeah. the odds of it, it's impossible for life to have formed by itself. Right. Uh, so it had to be aliens. Right. Because aliens would explain that there is no god it's like well Wait, so number one you're saying like like you said who who created the aliens yeah. but the the bigger thing for me is like so you believe in intelligent design just not intelligent design it's like are you like <laughs> right it's it's like it's like at the end of zoolander i feel like will ferrell is like i like am i, I taking crazy pills right, right it's like it's like yeah oh my goodness it's just so the uh and 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 that's just yeah, sorry. You okay. can, no, 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 you, no. You can go ahead. I was going to say, so one thing that I want to wrap this around to, and this oh, is... Oh, closing time? It, dude, we've been <laughs> talking for a while. Okay. No, um, is, and I want to, I want to, depending on where you land, mm -hmm. I'm, I'm genuinely curious, but I, I want to give you my, where I land on stuff. Mm -hmm. So I am a seven-day creationist. Uh, that's where I'm how I read into mm -hmm. scripture. Um, and I believe that a lot of the age 
quote unquote age of the earth uh, stems back to uh, what happened in a, I believe, in a global flood. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of our experiments and what we uh, do with our hypotheses have to incorporate a global flood into it. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm not just saying, like, this is my belief, like, out right. of out of a vacuum. There's science that shows, and you, you see within, for example, the um, Grand Canyon, you see multiple layers, right? Uh, supposedly being millions of years old. Each you mean layer. that was more Paul Bunyan drug as X? Yeah, yeah. No, that was Minnesota. <laughs> but yeah, uh, no, and so you see these multiple layers with fully developed trees going through multiple layers, yeah. right? So, I mean, I have science. Mm-hmm. I have evidence to back up my worldview yeah. of this. Um, and so th- that's where I land is, is in the, the theological maybe the theological ramification of that is, and I know a lot of Christians who do believe in evolution or a form of evolution, and my my response to that is you, you theologically cannot have death before Adam and Eve, which would void... Well, well, well to clarify, um, what, here's one of the key things yeah. I think you need to do whenever you talk about stuff like this is, what do you mean by evolution? Yeah, and so I'm I'm looking at macro, okay. which is macro evolution, which is the change of one species into another species. Okay. Okay. To to, to be clear, I think we both we both yeah, believe yeah, in yeah. micro evolution. So micro right? evolution is in a there's a fantastic Nova video on this. It's called Ghost Within Our Cells. Mm-hmm. It is a fantastic video. Does it how, talk about epigenetics? Yep. And but more than that, he talks about how our genes are not these dials. They're more like fader switches. And depending on mm-hmm. where your fader switches will affect other fader switches. Yeah. And so it's how um, incredibly complex our genes are that scientists used to think it was like on off. And then they just they realized, oh, no, it's actually like a dial. Doot, 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 doot. Well, and then even beyond that, it's like a fader. There's so many other complications on, on that. It's really interesting. Yeah. If you if you look at something called junk DNA. Oh, yeah, yeah, it, yeah. it used to be scientists. <laughs> and this kind of relates to what we talked about before, where uh, the, the the false narrative is, oh, Christians shut down science. But here's an example where all of the evolutionists, atheists, believe yeah. that, oh, well, we evolved and the junk DNA was just the leftover DNA. Like, we only use what is like three or four or five percent of our DNA and the other, you know, the other 90 or 95 percent, whatever that <laughs> value is, that's all junk and it's useless. It was just mm-hmm. leftover of the evolutionary process. And Christian scientists actually, you know, so atheists, okay, we're done. We're not going to research that right. anymore because it's, yep, solved problem. But so see, Christian, you, you, Christian you researchers, your ability to look at science. Right. And so Christian researchers are like, wait, if this was designed, this has a purpose. And right. so they kept on looking at it and they found out that it actually does have a purpose. And one, one of the things that um, we mentioned was epigenetics. And yeah. that's, that's where like, it's remarkable when they try to take like rat embryos and yeah. they try to make them into another species, but it will always either die or become a rat. Like yeah. you cannot make it into something else because there's something else hidden, like 
behind the layer, the surface layer of DNA, and I, yeah. this is where the epigenetics. Well, it's like computer um, code, right? Exactly. Yeah. It'll always try to be a rat because yeah. it knows that it's a rat, and so it'll always either die or it'll morph back right. to being a rat. Right. And so it's like that's just further proof. Like, if they can't even get a rat embryo to change into something else in a lab, like yeah. for, trying to force it to be something wait, else. Wait, wait. Like, how, Wouldn't that be a designer, how, though? <laughs> well, yes. That also that. Also that, right? And uh, just just the way that people look at things, yeah. they're like, oh, like we have a 90, what's the, what's the percentage of code in our DNA that's it's similar like, to like... Uh, so like an ape, for example. Right. Um, and I'm, I'm going to fudge the numbers because I'm not exactly sure, mm-hmm. but it's like we're like 93% similar to an ape. Right. And, and we're like 97% closer to a banana. But... But this is where this is where so the, the matter of perspective. When you have a closed mind and think that there is no God, right. you automatically rule out the possibility of what programmers do in real life. We talked about HTML a yeah. little bit. Like yeah. that's not a coding language, but it is a or programming language, but it is a, yeah. a language. It's a coding, uh, right? And yeah. so, any computer program, any language, you when you program something, yeah. you. Hey, look, we're going to copy this function. It works. We're going to do it over here yep. and call it over here. Like you copy the parts that work and you you reuse them. You reuse them. <laughs> reuse them in other it's parts like, why of the do, program. Why so do like, if we have a common designer, of course some of the code's going to overlap and match. Because why would you re- reinvent the wheel? Right. Why do 100% of the cars have round wheels? Because right. it works. Exactly. And I well, and it's using the coding analogy. So we we were talking earlier before the podcast about how um, like computer and, and website coding. And I was telling them how I, I code our website. And it's it's one of those things where I'll, I'll find a code on, on a website to copy into my website. And inevitably, I'll look at it and be like, wow, this is overcomplicated. I don't need all of this code. And so I delete part of the code, right? Yeah. Thinking I'm only keeping this, the, the skeleton of what I actually need. And inevitably... I lose something on my website because I I'm deleting things that are uh, well I don't perceive it as useful obviously they are because now I've lost the ability to do a function that I you know right. and I think that's the thing is we look at we it, it, the appendix these these what is it vestigial or, organs that are are useless while well, they're finding they actually carry a ton of uses right. um, in dealing with toxic chemicals in our body, absorbing toxic chemicals, right. right? Like all these things. And it's like if you already go into science with the hypothesis that there's useless coding, end of conversation, you are actually diminishing your ability to be a credible scientist because you're already going in with... I no longer need to research that. Right. I no longer need to ask the why question. I got. I got to. Oh no, my what? phone's shutting down. I had a oh, couple. No. I had a couple really good quotes. Okay. On that topic. Um, Do you remember it, them? Like. Can you yeah. Yeah. I can. I can paraphrase. Look and it's, them. <laughs> it's. It's like Bill Gates looked at DNA and he's like, "This is the most complex computer program ever written." Yeah. It's like someone who writes programs understands. Hey, this looks like another program. Right. It's like. Every piece of software had someone that wrote that code. It's like you can look at a sentence. Yeah. Say, say you're walking in a forest and you see Daniel loves Holly written in the dirt. It's like, huh, that, that must have happened from nature. Like, no, you instantly think, hey, that was a, a person that wrote that with probably a stick or something. Right. Like, that, that, 
not natural in nature. And right. so it's like something as simple as a sentence, our brain instantly thinks, hey, this had a creator. Yeah. But Richard Dawkins himself says the most simplest form of DNA, uh, the, a, a cell, it's equivalent to a thousand volumes of the Encyclopedia Britannica. Like yeah. how, like that's a thousand volumes. Like one of them's like this thick. You know, right, it has this right. much code. It's like, right. are you kidding me? And you think that that much code that has to happen in perfect order right. was created naturally by evolution when you walk across a sentence in a forest or like magnets in the yeah. fridge? It's like, oh, that says, uh, I love mom. It's like, <laughs> well, that probably didn't happen from a probably tornado. Just a bunch of I mean, <laughs> right. Like and it's like, yeah. this is infinitely more complex than <laughs> a single word or a sentence. Well, and it's just, Richard Dawkins so, also said, for someone who doesn't believe in God, that he hates God. Right. So. And, and so, so back to Richard Dawkins, <laughs> yeah. his own quote said, we must always remind ourselves that DNA has the appearance of design. How does he know it's just the appearance of design? Like, right. he admits it himself that it looks like a designer wrote, wrote the code. Right. But Nope. Well, I we, was, it's just the appearance. We never, like, we never touched on this. That? Right. You'd have to be God to know that. Right. <laughs> we, we never hit on that. We kind of talked around it. But the, um, are you familiar with the mousetrap theory? Where... No, but I, I wanted to go back to your question because you, oh, yeah. it looked like you were asking me what I believe in Genesis. Like, yeah. Right? Like, what is your so, kind of what? It, where do so, you? So land? this is I'm this curious. is an interesting thing, and I, I think this is important because. Uh, when I talk, when I started talking, my dad doesn't understand the science that, that that I tried presenting to him. But he's like, Daniel, you don't believe in the Big Bang, do you? You know, it's like Christians have this stigma. I think a lot of the time, there's like, oh, if you believe in the Big Bang, you you don't believe in God. Um, yeah. And it's just, it's really interesting because all I like, all I know, looking at the science, either God caused the Big Bang. Or, and this is not in the Bible, right? Yeah. This is this is just looking at the science. And and the other thing I didn't get at is to confirm the Big Bang, they launched satellites and they look out in the universe. There were two scientists that uh, I believe they were messing with radio towers. Okay. And they were like, hey, we keep getting this background interference. Um, it was Bell Labs. I, oh, okay. Um, yeah. I, I forget their names. It's like and anyway, I don't remember, but yeah. they're like, we keep getting this interference. What is this interference? And one of them was like, you know what? I bet you this interference is something to do with uh, cosmic background radiation. Right. And so basically the theory, they theorized if there was a Big Bang, you would see this ripple throughout the entire universe. And eventually they launched this satellite called COBE that when it got out into the into the I forget where they launched it, but basically it could see this electromagnetic wave throughout the entire galaxy. And it's <laughs> it's like verified point zero 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 five or something like that. So it's like the it basically confirmed the big yeah. bang. Yeah. Or at least a beginning. Right. It's, a beginning. it's just yeah. it's yeah. just it's just amazing the science behind the Big Bang. Um and the the point is either Either God designed all of this evidence to make it look like there was a Big Bang, or he, there actually was a Big Bang. Yeah. It's like those are the only two possibilities in my mind. Like in and an so, instant, things exactly. were created. Exactly. Yeah. Because yeah. and and so in my head when I read Genesis, now I don't. I'm not a pastor, so this isn't <laughs> this isn't biblical. Well, well here's the no, no, no. Here's the thing: when I, when theology I read, and science should line up. There should not be a contradiction when, there. When I read when I read Genesis, first of all, it's kind of confusing because it looks like. Wait a minute, this part looks like it repeats a little bit, and this part, like mm -hmm. I thought this was already created. So it's kind of already written from 
um, a standpoint of not necessarily chronological order. Yeah, it's not um, a, it's not a science textbook. It's right. never meant to exactly. be how the Jewish writers wrote was not to be like and the and when our facts and figures machine goes you know no, it's exactly. he's telling a story. Exactly. Yeah. So 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 my point there is kind of there was a big bang, I believe. Yeah. And then if you look at what the re- – like, if, so if you read the very first couple of verses in there in Genesis, mm-hmm. it sounds a lot like what a big bang would be. And then the sure. rest of Genesis, it makes it seem like, okay, this is God going back and reordering. It's like, okay, I'm going to put an earth here. I'm going to mm-hmm. put a planet here. I'm going to, you know, fine-tune. So one of the uh, – <laughs> One of the arguments I didn't cover is the, yeah. the, the teleological argument. In other words, the design or fine-tuning of the universe. Um, there's, there's a lot of factors for why we exist. Like if Jupiter didn't exist, you know, we would probably be imploded by a comet. Or, you know, <laughs> if, the, if the thickness of yeah. the Earth's crust was off by a little bit, either, either way, like yeah. we, would, yep. we would not. So there's like hundreds of different factors of this fine-tuning. And they're all within, the, within just a percentage point exactly. or less of exactly. why it has to be exactly that. Yeah. The, and like the, literally the within of the, feet of away from the sun. Like yeah, exactly. Yeah. And the, the odds of this all happening naturally is equivalent to um, it's 10 to the 120th power, mm-hmm. which is more than it, there's like 10 to the 70 atoms in the known universe. Right. It's yep. like <laughs> it's a, the odds. So like if you did that math, it'd be the equivalent of marking a grain of sand putting that in, you know, mixing it all together with all the sand in the entire yeah. world. And you have to go find that one grain of sand, pick on the it first out try. on the first try, right? six times in a row. Yeah. It's like, that's, that's the odds of all of this just randomly yeah. happening. So yeah. I, I think, I think one way or another, it, the big bang definitely happened because I just, God gave us minds and he gave us science. I don't think he would just like, Oh, like I just made this look like it happened but it didn't really happen no. so well, i, even, I, I think the big see... bang really happened and then yeah. he just fine-tuned the, the rest of genesis is him fine-tuning that 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 creation and so that's that's how i think yeah. and, well, and I, yeah. I think to your point it is really important to know like it wasn't written scientifically right you know it's yep. like but what you what, do see but, you... but you see that in our language too like yeah. where uh hey the sunset is like <gasps> the sun the Did sunset it... It went down. Like, I mean, the sun revolves around the earth. Yeah. Like the sunset. Right. <laughs> no, like, but it's it's also looking at taking the context of scripture as a whole and you see writers referencing Genesis, which is a story, right? It's not a scientific story. It's not right. a scientific handbook, but they make definitive statements. So you see in Exodus, why does God give the Sabbath? Why does he make that a rule? Mm-hmm. He says, because God created earth in six days that's a really good point and then he rested and then you also see this inferenced in jesus when he's talking about uh same thing creation why is sabbath you know man is not made for the sabbath sabbath was made for the man because god created in six days and on the seventh and so you see it's yes it's not a scientific book but there are um emphatic statements made throughout the story right that point to this is a real thing. Like this is an actual event that took place. Right. And then there's there's rituals based upon the story mm-hmm. that require dates and times and settings and you know seasons. And so and then you see in Psalms, you know, the idea of why are uh, so why the crazy cosmics? Well, it's they're given for our navigation. I mean, for thousands of years, the only way we can navigate was via 
that star, that um, uh, constellation, you know, that that's why they're created is for us. And I think, again, getting back down to the theological side is we are the crown of God's creation. We are very good. That is what God says about us. We're the, the creme de la creme. You talk about purpose. We're the purpose that he created everything. So everything is to our benefit, it, which is which is a statement of our importance, which goes back to you cannot have death before Adam because Adam was the one, Adam and Eve were the ones that kind of screwed this whole thing up. And out of that came death. And out of that death came Jesus has to come and redeem us because we're the most important thing that he's done, right? Yeah, I, I think you, you hit on an important topic because... Um... I don't want to keep talking. No, no, I want to know what it is. Dude, we should but, come back and do like a part we, two. We should. But, I could keep going. But on, real, yeah. real quick, it was about the, the, <laughs> the, the point of everything has a specific purpose for it. Yeah. And and I think that's very important to to acknowledge because, you know, we're, we're not made to live eternal. Like we're, right. we don't have titanium bones for a reason. Like it wasn't a design flaw that our bones break. You know, it, we were we were created with a specific lifespan. And, no, and, and, I disagree. And why... I disagree. Okay. A lot of that came out of, again, wh- why were people in the Bible living for so long? B- and I, this goes back into mm-hmm. uh, not astrology. Well, it's their, their, it's... their gene pool wasn't... Well, that perpetually and it, it didn't have all the flaws that it currently but again, has today. You, you got to go back into the sustaining outside party, right? Not mm. it, we're not in a igloo box, you know, going toward thermo, you know, that mm. neutral. We have God in Colossians who talks about I am, I am in everything, right? I am the constant in everything, and when you remove. Th- the being that sustains us, when you remove that sustaining power, what happens? You get entropy. Then you start to fall down. Well, there's also, um, do you ever watch, listen to the Bible Project podcast? I love the Bible Project they, podcast. They, it was really fascinating. If uh, Shout out to them if you, yeah. if you want more information on this. But one of their earlier podcasts our star- Bible, starts talking about Our how... Bible resource on our website is based off the Bible Project. Oh, yeah. awesome. Yeah. So so one of their earlier podcasts, it's, it's if you go back in time yep. to, to their beginning, uh, it talks about the beginning, uh, God and Adam and Eve. And it talks about how God literally breathed his, his ruach, I think yep. is the word. Yeah. I breathed his breath into us. And that is the sustainer of our life. And right. it's like, um, it's, it's different than like the Holy spirit. It's like, we're, he, he, he equated it to batteries. Like yeah. we live because we have borrowed batteries from God inside of us. And when God decides to take those batteries away, that's when we die. Yeah. So, but, but my point back there, I mean, you, we kind of got off topic, but <laughs> as far as, as far as light, like we were not made here on earth to live forever. And I think that's because, if we were, it's like, well, what's the point of heaven? You know, it's like people. No, but heaven's supposed to be here on earth. Pe- right, but people go into. Pe- I, I'm talking more about the the topic of heartbreak and like pain. We were never and- supposed to die. That's. I mean, that's why grief and that's why loss is so hard, right? I think it's something within us, within how we were designed, that we were never meant to experience. And I. But think it also makes us stronger. I can punch you in the face and make it strong. It doesn't mean like that's healthy. It, like doesn't mean that that's a good thing. <laughs> I, I think I think it is because the struggles the struggles here on Earth that we that we go yeah. through yeah just paint a 
paint a picture of like if you got everything that you wanted here on Earth. Right. What kind of a person would you be? I, I don't disagree that we need something to press against us with regard mm-hmm. to faith, right? Um, dude, okay, I gotta wrap this up. You and I need to do another podcast. Yeah. This, I, I could care less, less if people are listening right now. Like, this is fantastic. <laughs> I love this discussion. Um, I'm gonna cut it off right here. Daniel, thank you so much. Oh, thanks thank for having me. Thank you so much. This is fun. Incredible. Um, and I will. We will definitely do a part two because I think we're getting into the... maybe maybe if we could get a fan blowing because it's getting hot in here. Okay, you know what? <laughs> All you do is complain. I've, I've been sweating for the last fifteen minutes. Pretty good. All right, guys. Sorry. Oh uh, yeah. On that note. <laughs> Goodbye. Yeah, goodbye.